0: Hello everyone, I'm Zandilem Mkhonazi. Welcome to a new episode of Women at Work podcast in association with EmpowerX. EmpowerX is a placement agency focused on helping women access some of the most sought-after STEM jobs in the market. So today I'm joined with my co-host Nkulekomindu and in today's episode we'll be talking about authenticity, a topic that's very close to my heart and I'm sure many of you will relate to what we have to say. Our guest speaker is Tembilem Tembu. Tembile is a manager at PwC Advisory Practice in the People and Organization Competency. Also the founder of Unlocking Potential, a foundation that's focused on providing professional services such as professional CVs, LinkedIn profiles, job searching, tips, interviews, uh, interview preparations, and career coaching to students, unemployed graduates, and young professionals. She's also studying towards a master's of business management, looking to combine AI and what it means for the human workforce, and we'll get we'll get a bit into that a bit later on. So, hi Tembile, welcome and thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for hosting me. Um, I'm really happy and excited for this po- podcast. Hi and good lego. Hi
2: there, Tembile. Thank you very much for joining us. It's good to have you.
0: Great. So, um, thank you. Thank you. T- please take us through your professional background and kind of like how that journey has been for you, especially when it comes to showing up to you showing up authentically.
1: Okay, perfect. So, um, my career actually started off um, in the year 2014. Yes, in 2014 when I started as an HR intern um at ksrndca authority um i was there for a couple of months but really that was just for me to gain experience because you know how whenever you're applying for a job they always ask for experience and all mm-hmm. of those things but yeah i was there for about 8 months and then um in the year 2015 that's when i joined uh pwc through their two year um graduate program and that's where really for me my career kick started you know being in such a big corporate space i'm in pwc and um coming in as a very young woman black woman in this um in this corporate industry so i think for me it 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 took a lot of me in terms of being myself and coming into the workplace as who I am or who I was at that time. And I've obviously grown from 2015 to where I am now because like I mentioned, I joined through the uh, the graduate program and, you know, I've I've sort of worked my way up, up until um manager at this point. And um what I can say about authenticity, I think for me it's always been that ability to show up as a whole in the workplace, to show up as myself, and to show up truly, literally in everything that I do, in every task that I'm given, in every project that I'm working on, and just showing up as a whole being, as was Tembi.
0: About, you know, what it means to show up authentically, I'm, I'm reminded of the poem, um, Our Greatest Fear, by Marianne Williamson, and I'm sure you guys know it, so, one, yeah, yeah, there's but... a line there that says, um, "And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do so." So, you know, like you, when I started mm. in the workplace, obviously it's a scary transition going from being a student to working. Mm. Um, but I started working in a in a mm. tech space, which was, you know, not like corporate. Mm. And my my boss at the time, mm. he was like. You know, just truly himself, he would come to work very casual, wearing no shoes around offices. Yeah. And I don't encourage people to, like, not wear shoes. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, what that did for us and mm. for the team is it allowed us to be ourselves. It allowed us to kind of create you know, with him sure. on a human level first before the boss. Um, and And it gave mm. us permission to... You know, be who we are and bring that into the work environment. And I thought that was such an amazing space to work in because, you know, we like, pop- mm. hair. it didn't matter. I didn't have to sort of fit into a mold of what it is to be a professional person. Um, we've seen this mm. time and time again, especially for black women, especially when it comes to our hair. You know, there's this, you know, when you go to Google yeah. and you Google like professional yeah. hair and unprofessional hair. Um, Well, black women Mm -hmm. here, you know, comes up as unprofessional. And so I kind of want to like jump a bit into your your masters now and, um, you know, combining AI and what it means for the human workforce. Uh, I want to get you to to talk Mm -hmm. about um, a bit about that and kind of we can see how we relate that to making sure that AI also, because there is bias in it based on who's building the AI, how do we make sure that that relates to everybody and
1: allows people to still be themselves? Yeah. So um, my my dissertation, or well, I'm still at at a proposal stage at the moment. Is really, um, you know, I've been hearing a lot of people. Um in the business, saying that a i is not there to replace people's jobs, but you know they will get to a point where people work together with a i to drive corporate strategies or whatever. but for me, I always fail to understand how because you know if you've been doing a lot of repetitive work and administrative work and suddenly there's a robot that can do that. You become sort of redundant. So I think that's what I want to find out with my master's dissertation to say, how really is AI going to work together with employees in the workplace to, to, to assist in driving corporate strategies? And, um, you know, a lot of um, processes nowadays are being automated lot. a lot of jobs are being automated so I think perhaps in answering your question um um as to how do we position ourselves I actually just got off another conversation now um in the workplace to say you know AI is, is 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 driving a whole different level of change with regards to the skills that are required in the workplace, the behaviors that are required in the workplace. And I think it's up to us as human beings to align ourselves to such um, automated processes or automated ways of working and um, remaining true to who we are while we are. Yeah, and, and
0: I know like, oh, that's something that obviously you're also passionate about, um, you know, getting into the AI space. I just, I, I wonder what, what you feel about it and kind of, you know, what, what, how does that also, how do you link that to authenticity? Yeah.
2: Yeah, like mm. you know, as as soon as I he- heard you mention AI and the, the the workplace, you know, I just got excited, you know, something mm. inside of me, you know, I was like, yeah, that's more my language, right, you know, so to speak. And it's interesting how you know when you try and tie that into authenticity, you know, because when you think about AI and robotics, they are basically in its sense it's there to to take over you know some of those activities that humans you know have been doing them but they not it's not activities that lend themselves to a human doing because of maybe the repetitive nature uh you know in which the the task or activity is uh you know robotics lends itself to that and it's amazing when you just think about that authenticity element you know how do you still you know remain authentic you know in a space that is being disrupted by you know the likes of ai where things are being replicated you know where things are being automated Mm. you know how how does one you know stay Mm. stay authentic because uh, authenticity is normally Mm. like an innate human you know endowment you know it's a human endowment so you know it's interesting in this, uh, you know, ever-developing world, you know, how the the amount of, uh, you know, repetition that's out there and the amount of information that we, we have available to us, you know, how do you then, you know, remain authentic? Because it's always tempting to conform and just catch up with the, with yeah. the next wave. Uh, and then how do you still remain, you know, authentic and sometimes you remain authentic yeah. in a way you, it can be like hey you're still stuck in the old way of doing things and you're authentic you know that's something that I, I sometimes struggle with so maybe that's a question i'd like to bring across to stay is that how does you know authenticity evolve over time do you think it is, is it is wise to to look at you know the authenticity and evolve it with the times or is it is it something that's fixed and, and and stays uh constant
1: so um nk just to answer you there i believe that you know the foundation of authenticity is your values and your principles and to some extent your beliefs that what makes you you right and um I I, I 100% agree with you that, you know, perhaps it will come a point whereby we feel the pressures of AI creeping into our spaces, creeping into our workplaces, and we might feel the temptation of losing ourselves and perhaps, to some extent, try to compete with with AI. But I think um, being an authentic person will allow you um, or afford you the opportunity to be able to... um, to assess the spaces and know where to let go and i think it's important for for everyone to know when to let go i mean if 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 certain processes are automated i think it's just a, you know just going that extra mile in terms of shifting your mindset to say okay this does no longer serve me right because there's a robot in place suddenly or automation in place suddenly to do that which I was um, busy doing so I think you just then at that point you need to start looking at other opportunities where you can capitalize your capabilities and your skills because I mean, matter of truth is we can't we can't compete with robotics or automation because we're human. You know, there's there's that human element in us. And as much as all this automation and robotics, I'd like to believe, is replacing certain jobs, but it's also creating um certain opportunities. Because um, we always say that at work that you know, AI. Or, or or robotics it's it's it doesn't have human element you know robots cannot necessarily think so i think there is a huge number of opportunities in careers that you know are more strategic in nature instead of operational and um repetitive activities so in making sure that you do not compromise your authentic- authenticity i think it's just important to keep on looking um and for new opportunities that are created by AI. Yeah,
0: I I, I agree with you guys. I think, you know, fundamentally, I think a lot of people are bored out there. I think people, you know, due to our socioeconomic um, standing as a country, people have been forced to go into jobs where, you know, it's, you wake up and it's the same thing over and over. So what I think AI... Um, will do for us is basically allow people to actually discover what it is that they're meant to do, like what it is as a person I'm brought here to. It it can't be like going to an office and typing over the same document every day or stamping the same thing. That I, I refuse to believe that that's that's you know that can be like the reason someone exists. And mm-hmm. so once robots take over those functions i think that will actually unlock so much potential within people but people can start actually like reflecting and asking themselves what is it that i'm here to contribute and how do i do that and how do i find the right spaces where i'm allowed to do that you know so that that's that's anyway where i think um the opportunity really lies when it comes to sort of ai and robotics and taking over the sort of repetitive work. Um, but I think let's talk more on, you know, unlocking potential. And kind of when you think about someone out in into the workspace, um, it's confused about, you know, how they should act, how they shouldn't act. Um, I had a conversation, you know, with someone who, who um, was from a different race and, and sort of they believe that when you speak to someone, you need to look them straight in the eyes and like firmly shake their hand. And they were saying to me, some of the graduates that are coming in, they don't want to look, you know, into mm. your eyes as an older person and, and, and all of that. And I think also to your point is that there's some beliefs that we've grown up with, like, you know, an older person, you don't, you don't like look them in the eye and speak directly to them. Mm. Um, so how do we, how do we navigate, mm. you know, those things that are inbuilt with us and are cultural with like the workspace and what's expected and how, how do we make sure that, those two things don 't clash, basically, you know you still remain yourself, you remain humble and respect you know respectful, but at the same time, um, in the place, you might be a boss to someone who 's older than you you know so so how do you communicate those kind of things
1: sure you 're actually asking about something that 's so close to my heart and I think it's all close to my heart because I remember this so vividly clear. Um, in 2015, when I was still part of the graduate program, um, so I was working on this project. And um, when it was time for like performance feedback and performance reviews and all of that, um, my coach sat down with me who was my manager at that time and uh, to give me my feedback based on the project that I was working on. And she said to me, Stembila, you are doing brilliant work. Like you, your work is amazing. Your work ethic is amazing. But the only issue is that you don't look at people in the eye. And at that time Mm -hmm. I was very young and, you know, like you mentioned, we, we, we raised differently as black children, as black people that we need to respect um, older people and we shouldn't look at older people in the eye. So I think when you get into these spaces, then you, you, you know, that whole narrative starts to change and you sort of finding yourself have to adapt to such. And I think for me, um, without losing yourself in the journey, it's really um, a matter of adopting to the corporate ways of doing things while you remain authentic to yourself because if you think about it that's how um that's how it is perceived you know that if you don't look at people in the eye yeah. then you're probably not telling the truth or you, you lying about something or whatever the case may be so i think it's really just finding that sweet spot of adapting to the corporate ways of doing things while remaining yourself at yeah the spot, no, at the absolutely same time. and
0: you know one of the things i've also kind of struggled with is you know that the, i think imposter syndrome kind of goes in a bit with um authenticity and you know, is it is it the environment mm. that's not allowing us to be ourselves? Because the environment is not modeled after Black people and Black culture, right? So um, when you go into these corporate environments, mm. there's always going to be things that sort of don't clash um, or don't align with who we are. And I don't know like, if you've experienced similar things, like where where do you draw the line and, and how do you draw the line? That's also an important thing um, because you don't want to sort of mm. end up losing your job um, but at the same time you don't want to be mm. in a job where you, you you're constantly compromising who you are and I'll, I'll give you an example also um, in a lot of sort of companies that I've come across um, where there's there's like Friday night mm. drinks right and, or Thursday night drinks mm. um, but maybe you don't drink but now because everybody in the workplace is drinking, you feel the pressure that I should conform, um, and I think there's always these pressures of conforming because if <laughs> I just want to go home on my Friday night and, and be with my family, then it's it's somehow you know perceived. And there's all these things, you know. So how do you, how do you remind yourself that no, mm-hmm. this is not who I am. This is the line I'm drawing it, and then how do you let the other people know that guys, it's not because I don't want to be. Part of you know this this culture or be part of the company or participate. It's because I I don't believe in drinking or whatever it is. So I don't know from your perspective. Have you especially as a man, I guess, um, have you come across those certain pressures to to sort kind of you know, compromise who you are? Mm.
2: Yeah, it's a funny it's a funny one when you when you preface it with uh, as as being a man we. We traditionally known as, as men to be more susceptible to like peer pressure. It's a very it's very amped that you that you put it that way. But you know when you mention this thing, I you know it takes me back to, uh you know a very powerful quote that I've heard before that 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 speaks to this you know, thing of being authentic. It's around uh, it's by it's by David White. Basically, what it says it's the soul would rather fail. At its own life than succeed at someone else. Mm-hmm. So for for stay, is there still a way of finding your your authenticity, or you know your authenticity on your on your on your way in your way to your building your career?
1: I think um, Nk, to be quite honest with you, for me there aren't a lot of those moments, and I think it's it's because naturally I'm a very stubborn person, and um, I. You know, I relate so much to what you just said um, right now around the quotes that the soul would rather fail at its true self than, you know, survive or succeed at something else. You know, um, you can't fake that which you are not for too long. And I think it's, it's very, very important to, whenever you're faced with situations that sort of test or, 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 tempting situations to compromise your authenticity that's where you need to um challenge yourself to remain authentic because that's how you 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 build your brand remember they say um, first impressions last. so the way that you react to something at the very same time that's what people will know about you and the more you keep on doing it and the more you keep on re- re- responding the same way that's how your ba- your brand gets to be, to be built and your authenticity gets to speak to you even in rooms where you are not in there when you are not around people would know the kind of person that you are so i think whenever you get to positions where you are tempted to compromise your authenticity, that's when you need to challenge yourself more to remain yourself because then first impressions last. Then people would know that about yeah you.
0: I, I like the the whole brand thing. Um there's a thing now but it doesn't align with my brand. And I think more and more people need to start mm. thinking of themselves as, as being a brand. And one of the things that I want to touch on which um, I think you do um, under unlocking potential is um, helping build LinkedIn profiles and not just link, LinkedIn, but you know I think social media across. But how how do you make sure that because on the one hand, people believe social media is a personal thing, um, on the other hand, you know it's not a personal thing because your employers and everyone else can can see what you what you're putting out there. So how do you how do you make sure that what you put online is still you know, you being you, but at the same time, you still, again, there's that there's always that line you have to be aware of that, you know, posting certain things, whether it's political, whether it's partying, can ultimately hurt your career. So what, what kind of advice do you give to, to upcoming, um, you know, people in terms of how they should look at their LinkedIn profiles, how they should go about their social media? You know, is it a good thing to just lock it mm. if you don't want people to see that I'm not your friends? Or is that even (laughs) a bad thing also? Because as a potential employer, I go to your profiles and they're all locked. I'll I'll think, hmm, what are you asking? So what kind
1: of advice and how do you tell them to navigate that? Sure, that's a very important and relevant question that you're asking, Zandile. And thank you for that. I think I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna answer your question, respond to your question from my personal experiences. Um, I use my social media platforms for different things right like for example the contents that i post on instagram which is more personal and you know pictures of me going out with my family and my friends is not the same contents that i post on linkedin for example so i think it's very important to distinguish and 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 make that differentiation between your social media platforms and what kind of content you want to post on each and every one of them and what what is it that you want to known for? Because remember, you've got followers and people who are your connections. For example, like you said, some of your connections are your current employer or your potential employer in the near future. So you always need to be mindful of those things and you need to, especially if you are really pursuing the professional space and, you know, um, intending to build your career in a professional environment, it is very important to be wary of the kind of contents that you share on public. So, for example, I know my WhatsApp because WhatsApp is more controlled and more personal. If I want to post... Um, like personal content, then I know WhatsApp statuses is a platform for that. But I can't post the the kind of food that I'm eating for dinner tonight <laughs> on LinkedIn, for example, because LinkedIn is not designed yes. for that. You know what I mean? LinkedIn, LinkedIn is a professional platform, and the kind of content. the the kind of content on linkedin is a whole different ball game so i think it's up to us as an individual to understand the kind of content we can yeah no
0: i think and that's what people miss i think a lot of you know people whether Mm. young or old um post anything and everything everywhere and and i think even even if i take Mm -hmm. my own situation so my facebook it's strictly friends and friends that I know. So I've I have do not accept people mm. that you know I've either met as a you know in a professional space because there I want to be free to talk about mm. whatever I want to talk about, like family, friends, pictures on the beach. Mm. But LinkedIn is a professional work. Mm. I've positioned myself as someone not necessarily in the corporate space mm. because I'm not, but a professional person and I talk about matters to me which is mm. women empowerment and technology All right so I keep that very separate that's um and I think once you start sort of crossing the line that's where you you're at risk also yeah. of seeming like you know you don't know who you are um and of course there's, there's multiple levels you no know, one is one-dimensional um but you just have to be mindful of that like you, you said
1: Mm. And you're very right, right? Because I think we need to understand um, that these people who are watching us on on social media and the fact that they don't react to our post or the kind of contents that we we, we post on social media does not mean that they're not looking at us. And I was having a conversation with um, my partner last night around this public figure whom we known, um, to be famous for entrepreneurship content, but all of a sudden, um, you know, he started posting about something different from what we know him for. And I think for me as a follower, then it puts me at a space where I'm just so um, confused as to what is this guy on about all of a sudden, what is his brand? Because the kind of contents that he's posting recently contradict to what we know him for. And, um, you know it compromises your 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 followership and the people that look up to you if you all of a sudden deviate from that which you yeah no
0: absolutely um and I think just something while we're still on the social media space is you know with COVID-19 there's not many opportunities to meet people in person so how do you how do you reposition Mm. yourself you know um how and from your personal experience and also how you would tell um, your students, like how, how do they reposition themselves during COVID-19 and how do they stand out? Like standing out, you know, there's, a, there's so much noise. There's so many people out there. How do you make sure that you stand out and someone who's potentially looking um, for candidates can be like, yeah, is definitely the type of person that I want to be part of my organization.
1: Yeah. Mm. I think you're, you're raising an important one also. And it's quite difficult to stand out when everybody, you know, is competing for the very mm-hmm. same space, right? But I love what you just said now that you use your, your LinkedIn for example to post about um, your 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 organization and everything related to uh, Empire acts and, and 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 technology and all of that and I think for me for, for an individual to be able to stand out you just need to find that one thing that speaks to you that you do authentically and it comes genuine to you and you stick to that and like I said it takes, it takes long to build a brand, but once you are known for something, there is no way that people can unknow you because you're constant you are you you are consistent in what you do, you are consistent in the message that you are communicating so it it it's it's very hard and very difficult to get that message off the ground. but once people are aware of your brand, then I suppose that's how you you set yourself apart and um like Uncle Lego said earlier that a soul cannot cannot succeed in 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 that which is it's not you know so it's important to find something that is aligned to you as an individual and stick to that and communicate and be consistent in communicating that Yeah I
0: think consistency that's the word I'm taking from the Sukulak.
2: Yeah yeah you know when you speak consistency you know there's always this obsession to to show up like once in a while. And we we often think, you know, when we see uh you know someone that's maybe successful or out there, we just thought think that it's uh, you know, it's a magical thing. It's a it's a thing that just happened out of out of thin air. And we always forget that consistency, you know, it, mm. it's it's the beginning of, of of mastery. And I think when 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 stay mentions Consistency around being consistent. Mm. That's where that's where one can also build, you know, authenticity. Because when you are consistent, it means that it's a build-up. Authenticity mm. doesn't just happen like overnight. You know, we can we can make it seem as if it's like a grand, a grand thing. You know, when when people speak about even passion and all those things, it always sounds grand and out there and and something that that happens to selected few or stars have to align. (laughs) Forgetting forgetting that, forgetting that, you know, consistency or or doing, you know, if you do something long enough, you know, you become that. And it's not, it's not a, it's not a something that's, uh, you know, a, a talent thing that just falls out of the sky. It's just a thing that you practice over time. And the more in which you, and, and, and it, there's no one way to find it, you know, it's it happens in different mm. scenarios, you know, you just need to always, you know, like Tembile always says, you know, look, check back, challenge yourself and then see, okay, is this thing what I stand for? Does it align with what I say, what I believe in and, you know, and what, what, I, what I want to do on a day, day-by-day basis? Being... being Making that a mm. practice, you know, making it a, a habitual thing as opposed to a performance, you know, that's that's where one can, you know, channel, channel or develop uh, authenticity.
0: Yeah, I think I want to just take it of back course. to the corporate space. Um, you know, we, we've talked about alignment a lot and one thing that I've, I think I've noticed, when you, when you search for a company that you want to work for, I just wonder how many people actually take the time to look at, you know, the values of that company and what they stand for and what the mission is and what the vision is and asking themselves, does this align with what I want from life? Um, and not just, you know, what they've got written on the mm-hmm. website, but what they do. You know, we've seen companies obviously do questionable things and, you know, sort of things that you would feel, you no, know, this is not right, but, you know, you still apply for the job. How, I, I always, you know, struggle with, because of the context of South Africa, um, a job is a job is a job. That's that's what people feel. But, you know, I think there's a lot to holding companies accountable um, for, for their behaviors and how, yeah. how they treat their employees and how they treat, you know, their communities where they work in. Um, so how, how do you encourage people to you know, not be, you can still be authentic, but not be authentic on the side. <laughs> That's the other thing. <laughs> um, I think we need to start standing up for our beliefs. You said it there at the beginning that authenticity ultimately, you know, is rooted in what you what you believe, what your core are um and your 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 um how you see the world. So how do we start holding people accountable when we feel like but this is firstly this is not what you promised, this is not what you said you were going to do. Um and I I don't really align with what you're trying to do. Um so how do we how do we do that? But again, there's always that fear of losing your job. And I think that's why companies get away with so much, and not just companies, but even government. You know, how do we Start holding others accountable based on what we believe is right and wrong.
1: Yeah, sure. It's a, it's a very difficult one, right? Because you want to call something out. But, you, you know, there's also that fear of um, what if I lose my job? Um, but I think for me, I've been fortunate enough to work in an environment whereby, you know, we constantly give each other uh, feedback, um so they we have like 360 feedback where you can where people below you can give you feedback, people at your level can give you feedback, and people above you can give you feedback. And I think for most of my bosses or um the people that I report or people who are of higher position than I am, and you know, I sometimes if I feel that they did something that contradicts or or I don't know, treated me in a way that contradicts with my values and my beliefs and my standards. I think I get that opportunity during um, that feedback session to say um, how you treat your employees or how you treated me at such an instance was not appreciated. So I think it's 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 really up to an individual and looking beyond keeping your job. Like really not easy conversations to have. In 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 most of the cases, it's really challenging yourself as an individual to 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 call out things that doesn't speak to you to call out things that 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 does not align to your brand or to who you are and um there's no any other easier way of doing it other than challenging yourself to 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 stand firm yeah
0: i think the biggest thing um for any of us really is to work your talk like, if you really, really believe uh, something mm. to your core, then then you have to stand up for it. You know, you have to always be sincere and, and not pretend. Um, I think sometimes you just go with the flow and pretend, but um, being authentic means being sincere and being more focused on the truth than opinions. So, you know, don't worry so much about what everybody else has to say. Um, And we've, we've I've, I mean, I think we've all been in situations where, we've kind of are scared of but what will they say like if I do this, you know, Mm. I call this person out, Mm. but you know, what will happen? So definitely a challenge and Mm. and I would encourage everyone to to really try their best to show up authentically in any situation and Try to be sincere and stick to what you believe. Um and you know, that way you, you kind of you, you live your best life and not what others think um you should live. So on that note, um Guleko, do you have um anything to add?
2: Yeah, no you know, this topic we can we can go on, you know and on and on, sorry. Uh it's a very deep end, you know, a topic that's very close to my heart. And uh you know, when, when, I, when I always uh, think about authenticity, I, I just, I'd like to think about it like, you know, even practically, you know, what would be my, my authenticity check? You know, how can I, you know, it's always good to, good and well to, to, to have this, uh, you know, as a, as a wish or, you know, as something that you want to carry throughout, you know. So what are those things that you can always say, okay, what checks can I apply, you know, in terms of to say that am i am being authentic? or does it align with being authentic? So I just wanted to hear from Stey, you know, if there's any, like, practical checks that she, that she does to say that, okay, this, I'm, I'm keeping my, my authenticity in check. I don't know if, if it makes sense, if there is such a thing, but I always think about it practically. Like, how can one, you know, Perform that authenticity check for themselves.
1: Um, yeah, and Kate, I think um, I'll take it a step back a bit. I think you know it's very hard to do those checks if you, as a being, you're not fully aware of who you are. You need to know your fir- yourself first in order for your for you to be able to to do mm. those checks. I spoke about. Values and beliefs. Earlier, you need to know the core of you and what makes you you, right? So that whenever you are faced with a situation that sort of questions your authenticity, then you are able before you respond to that situation or before you are you you respond to whatever it is is happening at that time to sense check it. With yourself, with your values, your beliefs, your standards, your principles and everything in you that makes you you but you can't do that if you are not aware of what those things are so I think it's important as an individual and this is from a personal level to understand the things that, the things that makes your core and the things that makes you you so that you are in a better position to, to do those checks whenever you're faced with situations that are compromising your being or your authenticity I love that
0: too. I think you have to start by understanding who you are like, yeah. take some time to get to know yourself um, and with that thank you so much yeah. um, for taking the time to, to talk to us about authenticity we really enjoyed um, having you on the, on the
1: podcast thank you so much for hosting me this was a beautiful conversation yes.
0: um, thank you all for joining us on another episode of women at work with me Zandile Mkhonazi and Ngunle and remember to live authentically the world deserves to get to know the real you. Until next time, bye.